What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, I have Dave Mettler on the podcast. He's one of our Seven Figure Altitude members, and he has an amazing retail real estate team in South Dakota. Um, and uh, they're licensed in a couple other states, too. If you're a retail real estate agent and you want to get into investing, or you're a retail real estate agent and you're investing right now, I highly recommend you check out this show because we talked about how you can leverage your retail team to go buy houses at a discount, some of the mindset struggles that you might have, some of the objections that are holding you back and how you can break through those to really step out. We also talked about raising money and how he's raised enough money for 11 deals that they close cash with private lenders. And it's a couple of tips that I gave of some things that helped me raise almost $30 million in the past few years. So check out this show. You don't want to miss it. And we'll cue the theme music and then jump right in with Dave. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, I got a really great show for you guys today. In fact, today what we're going to talk about is something a little bit different. We're going to talk about how a retail realtor that's been in residential real estate for over 20 years, I think, can yep. transition to flipping houses full-time, being an investor full-time and using their team to do that. So if you're a realtor or um, you're on a team of other realtors, how can you use some of the things that you're already currently doing to kind of pivot while maybe still doing the retail side, but also start um, investing in real estate and how you can use a team and everything that you know to get there way faster. So today I've got on the show, Dave Mettler with me. I'm really excited to talk to him. Dave, how are you? Doing go doing great. Hey, happy to be here. So I'm happy to have you. In fact, this is something that I don't think we've ever really talked about on the show. I know I've had Kyle Robinson on the show before where we've talked about the retail side of real estate and how you can leverage some of that, but I'm interested to know exactly what what you did. So give everybody a little bit of backstory on um, on you, your you know history in real estate, and then um, we can go into some of the stuff that you're doing now. Yeah, so history in real estate, uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, been in over 20 years. Um, the reason I am in here is Kyle Robinson and Becky Robinson. Becky was wearing her sweatshirt downtown Nashville at a different coaching event. And I'm like, what the heck is that sweatshirt? And that's why I joined. So shout out to Becky and Kyle Robinson. But no, I've been a broker owner for 20 plus years, currently with Keller Williams and just the team leader. Now I'm t I've got, I always say the broker goes broker. So uh, I'm happy to just be a team leader. And uh, yeah, just been doing residential real estate now, a little bit of commercial for 20 plus years. We're licensed in South Dakota, Iowa and Minnesota. So yeah. Okay, awesome. So have you lived in South, all, all that time you've been in South Dakota? Yep, lived here all my life. Wow, okay. So so why did you want to transition to investing? Was it, was it something that Kyle told you? Like, give me the story about that. Well, I've always bought flip properties. And for 20 years, I've owned properties off and on, whether it's buying it on a uh, sheriff's sale on the courthouse steps or buying a foreclosure, fixing it a little. So I've always dabbled in it, owned commercial real estate. I own land. Um, but I kind of got serious when COVID hit. I got tired of running running buyers around and just dead end to house to house to house and not winning when there's 20 offers in the, on the table. So 
I switched my my whole mode of growing my team through another coaching platform and decided, well, hi, let's let's maybe do some flips too again. And so we did that in 2022 as kind of just for fun. And now 2023, wow, we're blowing up. So so you came into our altitude program um, already having a background in doing this somewhat regularly, maybe not like full-fledged, I'm going to do it as a business, but during COVID, you got kind of sick of um, retail. That world was different on the retail side for sure. And I yeah. see a lot of realtors that are just like, you know what? And especially when the rates change now and they've gone way up and that that's kind of changed the market a little bit too. I'm seeing a lot of retail um, realtors have struggles and issues and things like that with their business. And so pivoting into more investment side. So joining Altitude, like how have things changed from what you did in 2022 to now? Yeah, so uh, we joined oh, I, uh, with the partner, Joey Larson and I. He was one of my top agents in 2022. Um, we kind of messed with it a little bit last year and flipped four properties last year for fun. Um, and then we realized, wow, we could probably do this a little better. So turned on to you guys about 120 days ago. Uh, and we just started doing PPL leads and focusing on just trying to buy some properties, whether we were going to hold them or flip them. And since we started that, we're at 11 under contract. Okay. So you have 11 houses in the works. Have you, uh, have you gone full cycle on any of those yet? Um, well, we did four last year, full cycle. Uh, we are three of the 11 are under con or, you know, on the market, five are under construction and then four or five of them were either we're closing on soon, like the end of August, early September, we got to buy like five. So got it. So yep. what, so what I want to do in this show is I want to figure out what you're doing, um, mm -hmm. that could help other retail realtors that want to pivot and transition? Like, what was it that changed from 2022 to 2023? What are some of the, the tips that you can give and things that you've learned to kind of leverage your staff maybe, or some of the things that you're doing to be able to put that many houses under contract that are good deals and making money at to scale it up as fast to whether it came from us or something that you learned along the way, um, it doesn't really matter to me. I'd really love to share for those folks. Like, I want these shows to really be other people that are feeling like you. They're having trouble with the retail side. They want to become investors. Maybe they're kind of like stuck somewhere, but they have the background. They have a ton of years in real estate. They just don't understand maybe the flipping side and things like that. So like, what can you share that could help somebody like that today? Yeah. So our retail side is killing it. Um, and that's, I'm happy about that. That's what I wanted. I want that to run on its own. But what, what the mindset change was, you know, we just, you know, obviously joined Altitude, uh, and then just dug into some already lead sources we had, which was we do a lot of PPL or paper lead. Um, so we just accentuated on those and we haven't even unleashed what we can so far. I mean, there's so many marketing ideas that I want to do, but that's what we did. So we just leveraged our team. So my team grew from about three or four agents last year, great administration gal and, and a great business partner, Joey. And we just took that and just replicated it and just took what we already had, but made it work for the acquisition part of it. And now we're training our agents to be acquisition people out there, just out on the street, just every deal we have come in, it's a potential acquisition. I mean, we will buy the property. We have the money. We'll buy it. So, so that's kind of what we just shifted a mindset, I think is what it mostly was 
and then learn from, you know, the last 120 days of watching podcasts and, and listening to those and joining the Zoom calls. And then obviously went to the, uh, seven figure flipping from kids event. So I got to meet you really quick down there, took my kids. And then now we just got back from uh, South Carolina and just learned a ton and just the networking that is involved. I mean, it just takes one idea to, to, you know, to run with and it, it, it makes, makes all the difference in the world. So. Totally. So PPL is paper lead. If you're listening to this and you don't know, we, we said PPL a few yep. times, paper lead. So you guys were already buying leads from your retail, for your retail side. Correct. Yes. Yep. Okay. So now it's about, um, it's kind of scaling that up, knowing that you have another um, outlet on the back end of that deal potentially. Yep. Exactly that. Yep. So how are you training your team and your staff to like run the numbers differently than they would when they just show up with a listing agreement? If they're out there as acquisitions reps for you, what is that conversation like? Do, and, and what are some of the, like the legalities and things that you're training them as licensed agents of how they go in and talk to the sellers of those houses? Yeah, we're working on all that right now. There's been a couple meetings with my attorney and my broker to make sure that we have some extra addendums for the state, you know, so we've got those in place now. Um, you know, we go in, uh, we're going in when we get, a, you know, an FHO or a Compass lead or a, a Z buyer lead, uh, these PPLs, we're going in with a consultative sale approach. We're here to help you. What's wrong? How can we help? Oh, you need this? We'll take care of that. Do you need this? You'll do better at this. So all we're doing is going in and showing them options that we wouldn't offer before. And now we're offering those. So I think most people probably appreciate that. They are used to realtors coming in and just saying, hey, I can. this is my marketing strategy. I can put the house on the market. Um, we'll see kind of where it goes. This is what I think it should be priced at. You got to clean this up. You got you to gotta do this. Here's some work that I want you to do. Um, here's what the showings look like. And they just feel like that's it. It's basically like us as investors coming in with just cash. Like it's one option. This is all we got. And then when we can give them more options, it probably opens you up to more possibilities where the, the cool thing about this, the way that I see it is they're not picking between you and another realtor. Now they're picking between you and all of your options. Correct. Yeah. So we're giving them the options and we we're, we're bringing we're learning more and more options with the sub twos and the novations and the, all those things that we didn't even, or owner financing. So every situation is different. So all we do is come in and we tell them we can do whatever you think is best for you, but here are your price points. Here's what you got to do if you want to get X, but we can do this if you just want to get out. So we're just laying it on the line for them. So you're the team leader of a KW branch. So it's actually like a broker and a team leader. So the team leader, for those that don't know, I was a KW agent for a while in Florida. So they, um, they're they designed to kind of grow the grow the branch, right? Bring in and recruit people, um, figure yeah. out how to, uh, you know, make more money, more, more like rainmakers. And then the broker is the dotting I's and crossing T's of the, of the, of the, the details, right? The broker is making sure that you guys are fitting within the, the legal limits, the ramifications, all that stuff. I look at it like a commanding officer and executive officer of a squadron, like a CEO yeah. and COO of a company. Um, so has that brought any issues? Because look, I, I got, when I was at KW uh, at my, um, in, in Florida at my my brokerage, they really didn't like what I was doing, frankly. And they they yeah. finally asked me to leave, which um, yeah. I got a little bit of a bone to pick, but we'll leave that for another show. Um, I yeah. really, 
because I'm going to tell you what, I put so many signs in the yard. I was driving so much traffic. I was basically making it rain for the brokerage. I was making them a lot of money. And then when it didn't line up with their narrative, we basically said, hey, I know we told you you could do this, but now you can't. And there's another agent that has a problem with you and she's more important and she's coming over to our branch. So big problem for me. I didn't like it, the way I was treated. Yeah. And so yeah. are you seeing any of that? Because I think that's like, that's a, some of the, and, and it's not a KW, it's not a KW issue. It was that, right. that they're all individually owned. So it was like them, right? So for you, are you seeing, like, I see that that's a big roadblock for a lot of realtors when they come in to become investors is like, I have a license. I have to disclose all this stuff. Nobody's going to sell me their house at a discount. Like you would bill if you're coming in with, or one of your staff members that doesn't have a license or something, how do you get past that objection that you, did you have that in the beginning? Was that a limiting belief that you had, or was one of the issues of you like scaling direct to seller leads? Um, and then what would you recommend to somebody who's listening, who does have some of those like limiting beliefs and roadblocks, I guess. Yeah. So I'll go back to my position inside of Keller Williams. So, uh, we are the largest real estate, you know, brokerage in Sioux Falls. Okay. Keller Williams has grown really, really well. We've got great broker owners and we have a great team leader. Okay. So I am very close with them and they know what I do. And, you know, again, if they didn't like what I do, they would, would let me go and that's fine. Uh, but they're, they're very positive and they know that I've been doing this for over 20 years. So they know I'm going to do it right when we talk to people. So I don't have any, um, limitations from my brokerage because we do it on the up and up and we're, we, we just, we're ethical and we do it right. Okay. Uh, but I I will agree with you, Bill, in, in that, you know, there are certain companies that don't want this to be happening. And yes, we have to, we have to um, disclose a lot more on our postcards, on our advertising, on everything, because that we're licensed brokers. So maybe we have a disadvantage there a little bit over the, you know, the single investor guy that's just mailing a bunch of mailers out. So but we just follow the law. That's all we're going to do. And if people want to work with us, we give them multiple options. And that's that's how we approach it. So we haven't had any pushback yet. So, Yeah, I like that. I don't think you have a disadvantage, actually. I think, if anything, you have an advantage. Um, I mean, I mean the, the retail side controls like 97% of the transactions in most of our cities. And we're like fighting for scraps over the 3 to 4%. And so I, what I find is a lot of times you have this... Um, I think where a lot of realtors have have trouble that have been in the retail side forever is they're like, why would I? Why would somebody sell me their house at fifty cents a dollar when I could just list it for them and get them full price? And so yeah. that's where I see the big problem in their mindset. So how have you gotten past some of that and maybe trained some of your agents to get past some of that? That's exactly what it is. So first off, compensation, because <laughs> they know they'll get acquisition compensation, which is amazing. So we've been able to train. So I've got eight agents on my team and an admin now, and we're pretty good with three of them so far on the acquisition side. They get it. They understand it. They'll go out and run these leads uh, and understand that we're more of the consultative sale approach. Um, and we get them every direction, whether it's you know, a home light turns into a home light simple sale or a Z buyer or a fast home offer or all these different leads. They know they're going in there 
and we're just trying to help them. That's it. I mean, everybody's situation is different, whether it's the divorce or the behind the payments or who knows, they got to get out of the, out of the States, out of the, you know, job loss. Every one of them is different. So all we're doing is just trying to tell them, Hey, we're here to help. If you want us to help, that's it. Yeah. I, I like that. I think, I think the challenge that people come into is, is if you're there to serve the customer at the highest level possible, the cool thing is you're giving them options, right? So you're not saying like, you have to sell to me at 50 cents on the dollar. But a lot of times what we do when we go in and talk to the sellers is they are the ones telling us that that's what they want. You know, when we give them those options, it's like, hey, you can, we can put it on the market. This is what it would look like. And we're not lying to them. We're telling them that what the current market is, what we think it'll bring, some of the work that needs to be accomplished to do it. And there's some distress. The, the thing that I think most realtors don't understand is they're, used, they're not used to dealing with people in distress situations. They're used to dealing with people who have time to sell their house. They don't care if it sits on the market for a couple months. They have the money to fix it up a little bit. They have the patience. They don't mind showings. They don't, they don't mind sitting down and reading documents and taking those times. But there's other people who they don't have time for that. It's like walking into a pawn shop. When you walk into a pawn yeah. shop, you know you're getting 50 cents on the dollar and you're fine with it. You just want the cash right now. And you're yeah. willing to create the equity for that ease and speed of transaction. And so most realtors are just not used to going into homes where these people are in massive distress. The home, it doesn't even matter if the home's distressed, usually. It's the person that if they're in massive distress and need cash quick, this is usually the only thing that they have equity in. It's their most valuable asset. And if you can serve them at the highest level, like you said, ethically with high integrity, if you can do that, you'll win, right? 100%, yeah. So like you, like you just said, every situation is different, okay? And every buyer, seller, whoever you're working with has different motivation. We just find out what the motivation is and what what they really want to accomplish. And if it's closing seven days with cash, we're there for them, okay? If, if it's let's help you fix this up and get to the next level, we're there for them. Or if it's, oh my gosh, this house is in perfect condition. Why would you even sell it to us? We can do so well and we're going to sell your home in seven days we're there for them. So that's what matters. And, and so if we just keep that, that like giving mentality of let's just make sure they're taken care of it, it all works itself out. Yeah. And this is where I can see huge value and where the realtor really has like a leg up on, on most investors is they have, they have an option that we don't and it's listed on the market. Correct. Yep. And so, so the challenge that you run into like you saying, potentially a disadvantage. I actually think you guys have an advantage now. So, like, if you have to disclose the fact that I'm a licensed broker in the state, like, I I had to do that when I went into the house. I also have it in my contract. Um, I, I just walked in and said, hey, I just want to let you know that I have a real estate license in the state of Florida, uh, but I'm not here to sell your house. I'm here to buy your house. So I just want to talk to you about that. And that was a yeah. conversation that we had. You mentioned kind of like putting different things on the postcard, stuff like that. If anything, I think, like. The way I look at everything is having it or not having it can always be a positive depending on how you spin it. It's all what the the thought process that's going on in your head and the things that you say and the way that you you talk to customers and clients in a sales conversation. And if you're there to help, you're there to support them, you're there to make sure that they have the best outcome possible, they will love that. They'll want to work with you and you'll win. And then like you like we talked about, you're competing with your options as opposed to competing with the rest of the marketplace because you're giving out 
opportunities and options that other people aren't, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, we maybe have one or two other licensed that might do this in our whole in our whole state. So, you know, we have 300,000 people we can serve in our area. So when we serve them that way, we just give them options and let them choose the option that's best for them. So, um, yeah, so it, I mean, it works. It, it's been working really well. Um, you know, we're pretty happy at the second company that we started or Joey and I started to, to do these, what we'd call flips. We're not wholesaling. Uh, we're just, we're buying them and, you know, fixing them a little, putting lipstick on them. Some of them need a little more work and then, and then, uh, putting them back on the market. So we're not trying to flip a contract. We're not, we're just being upfront with them and saying, Hey, if you want to sell to us, here's what we'll give you. No inspections, cash, promissory notes. We have all the investors and we just go. So, so we're pretty nice. straightforward. Okay. So you guys have 11 houses under contract. How are you funding these deals? You're buying them. You're not wholesaling them. So how are you actually funding them and, uh, and getting them closed? Yeah. So that's probably one of the biggest things that I learned on day one of 7FF joining was that uh, people like to give us money. Uh, it's pretty fun. So all we did is ask. Uh, a very good business partner of mine, Matt, uh, was our first investor, but we own another company together. And so he's funded three or four of them. And we just pay a promissory note to them. Nice, easy promissory note and put a mortgage on the property because we're paying cash. And if they want a personal guarantee, we'll sign one of those too. But, you know, most of them don't need it. So we have one, well, besides us funding them ourselves. So we're funding some, Joey and I are funding some too as we go along and we have. Um, but we've got about five other investors that are giving us cash and I've probably got another pipeline of five more to meet. So, um Typically, we're paying 10 points, no no upfront fees, no just 10%. At closing, you get your 10%, and we'll cut you a check on the daily daily interest at closing. So pretty simple. Okay, so 10% interest, annualized interest. Um, so like yeah. if you hold it for six months, they're getting basically half of the 10% for the year, right? Correct, yep. So I put in 100K for a year, they'd be getting 10 grand. Um, if yep. it's six month whole time, they're getting five. So annualized yep. interest, but per day, per diem um, throughout yep. the time. And then you're ballooning that at the end when you sell the property. Yep. The mortgage is paid off and satisfied. And it's in their right. name and we name them on the insurance too. So they're additionally insured. So just they're protected. So Yeah. So if anybody's listening and you want to do this, you have a promissory note. That's basically, this is the, the document that says it's an IOU. IOU, this amount of money. And then there's a mortgage or deed of trust, depending on what state you're in, that attaches that note to the property, right? So that's the yep. security um, this is the security agreement, basically. And then they're also naming them on the insured. So if a house burns down, then they have to contact them for this is how much they owe back on yep. a mortgage before they get a check for the insurance money. Um, and then also the cool thing about that is as a lender, when I'm named insured on there, if you don't pay your insurance bill, I get a I get an email and a letter as well saying this person is behind on their, um, their insurance payment. They haven't renewed it or it's coming up. It hasn't been renewed. It hasn't been paid. So then I call them and like, hey, what's going on? Your insurance is canceled. So, yep. and then they're getting paid. They're ballooning it. So they're not paying anything up front. They're not making monthly payments. They're paying it at the end when they sell. So it's a great way and a great setup. Um, what would you say to somebody who doesn't have a business partner or a bunch of people with a lot of money? Like, what are some ways that that they could find people with money that 
Um, they might, because this is a big objection that I get is, I don't know anybody with money. I don't have a bunch of people that I own businesses with that have tons of money. Like, how are you putting yourself out there and building a pipeline um, for you? It's, it's as simple as asking. It's that simple. I didn't, some of the people that are investing with us are second and third, like people that we talked to initially. You just got to talk about it. You know, go have a beer with them. Go have lunch with them. Go talk to a couple bankers. Like bankers are the best. <laughs> I've got two of them that are bankers that are investing with us and a banker's dad. So again, they, they get it. They want extra, extra cash with their cash. So it's just about asking people, you know, start a little higher on your interest rate to someone, but go to someone you trust and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to protect your interest. This is how I protect you in this process. And you know, and then what we do is we take the full amount. So if we're buying one for 95,000, but it's going to be 110, we're taking 110 at closing. So we have the 15 K to fix it. So they know that it is going to be repaired and paid in full and put on the market for X. So yeah, it's nice. Well, you just got to ask. Yeah. Just talk about what you do. And I love that. I'm sure when people started finding out you have connections your network, you don't even know the people that invest with me. I had no idea that they had money. Um, I just talk about what I do and every now and then I'll get a message. I'll get somebody to say, Hey, I'm interested. I got a laundry list of people as, as I kind of build up this network of people that we're just constantly reaching out to, to invest with us and giving them updates about where we are. My, the best thing that I ever did when I was building my company from scratch was giving, sending out like a monthly and quarterly update to a list of investors. Just here's what we're doing. And so, uh, Dave, great, great tip for you is as you start building these emails, and is, is start just every month, hey, this is what we got going on. We got 11 projects in the pipeline. Um, we got three more that are coming up for closing. If anybody's looking to place some money, we got some opportunities coming up. And next thing you know, you're just constantly updating them every single month. And these people just respond. And at the end, one tip that I'll give you is at the end, I'll say, I would love it if each of you just responded to this and told, gave me an update of where you are in your life, yeah. what's going on in your world. And then next thing yeah. you know, you got people that are responding to me telling me about what's going on with their kids. And then they're like, hey, I, I don't have the money to invest right now, but I'm really interested in this in the future. Um, and it's just building that connection again. And that's what I think that's what we're missing uh, so much of. So yeah. for you guys out there, just you know, build a little email list. For me, it was like 10 people at the beginning, then 15, then 25, now it's a couple hundred. It's just it's it's not huge. My my investor email list is not five thousand people or ten thousand people even right now, and I've raised probably thirty forty million over the past few years for deals. Yeah, so that's a that's such a simple tip that I can't wait to implement. Thanks. Totally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. Just find twenty people that you know would probably invest with you, and then it'll just reach out more and more and more as you tell them your success stories of, oh yeah, we did eleven four last year and we did okay but we paid out this much to investors and this is how much, how we gave it back. So just give back. Yeah. I like exactly. that. Exactly. And, and I started every month and I went to every quarter and I'll tell you, it was just my, my subject line. I'm going to get very like specific with this for the people that are listening that want to do this. I would put like blackjack real estate quarterly up to Q2 2018 update. And then in there, I'd be like, hello investors. I blind CC everyone. So I put myself in the two line. I blind CC yeah. everyone. So they, they don't feel like everybody's getting their email address and they're replying yeah. at all and stuff like that. Yeah. So definitely blind CC everyone. And then in just right, I write, hey, investors, I want to give you a quick update. This is what we got going on. Like when I hired my CIO, my COO, I talked about that. 
when we started moving from just Pensacola to Chattanooga, we added another market. I talked about that. Um, I would talk about how many deals we've done. If we just did a quarterly meeting, I would just give an update. Hey, we just did a quarterly meeting. This next quarter, we're plan projecting to do this many houses. That means we're going to need $1.2 million in funding. So if you want to be part of that, let me know. It's so like our plans. We talk about future plans. Like It's like if you're an investor in Amazon and you get an email about what Amazon's done this past quarter and what they want to do next year, stuff like that. And then we also talked about... Um, when we paid out our investors for the year, at the end of the year, I would say, hey, we just paid out this much in an investor money. If you want to be a part of that next year or get a slice of that, just respond and let me know if you're interested in having a conversation. And I just yep. constantly would just emailing them. And, and the cool thing is people were following along. They might not respond. Yep. When I saw them you know, a year later, they were like, man, you're, you're doing some really awesome stuff with the company. And so they knew they just might not have been in a position to say yes, but it's on the back of their mind. They're like, man, when I get to that point, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So this is something that I think can be implemented right away for, for you, Dave, and everybody listening, honestly. Oh, yeah. I'm writing it down now. Yeah. It's such a good, simple idea. I mean, I'm in multiple other investments, and what do I what do, what do they give me? Quarterly reports. And I love those quarterly reports. How, how's this company doing? Because I'm not in there every day. Well, I think the top 20 people that would invest with us would like a quarterly report or maybe that next next project that we're going to buy, like a storage unit or apartment building or whatever. And yep. they constantly, yep. Yep. constantly just trying to talk to people and, hey, this it, maybe it's not this one, but now you understand how it works and it's the next one, you know? Yeah. And yep. they're just, hey, this, this guy's always on top of my mind and yep. we have to be relevant. We have to be remembered. So, and, and they honestly just generally want to, want to know what you're doing because most of these are friends, family, your warm network in the beginning, stuff like that. So, um, and honestly, that's something that I've fallen off of lately over the past few years. I haven't really been sending out a quarterly or a monthly report to my investors. And that's hurt me. We went six months without doing a multifamily deal. And when I had to raise money for that first multifamily deal we did after six months, it was a challenge for me because I hadn't yeah. kept that. I hadn't kept that list really warm. I hadn't, I hadn't been talking to them. They hadn't been hearing from me. They hadn't been like right, right. And they invested in other deals because they were like, oh, you know, I haven't heard from Bill in a while and another investment comes up and they invest in it. Now they don't have that $100,000 that they had before. So yep. um, for you guys, that should always be top of mind. It's really important. Um, yep. All right, Dave. Hey, we got to wrap this up. But where is um, where where's the future for you? Like what's next for you guys? And uh, what are you excited about? Oh, well, let's get these 11 closed. That'd be fun. Uh, and by the time we have those 11 clothes, we'll probably have 11 more, uh, the way it's going. Um, you know, I'm, I'm super stoked about all the marketing ideas I'm getting from seven figure flipping. Uh, I've got so many ideas where we can get so much more coming into my team so that my team can make more money and help me acquire so that I'm not in the living rooms. Cause I'm not a living room guy. I don't go in there. Um, I have acquisition people that do that and they're really good at it. Um, I've got to set my goals for next year. So our our goals for next year, well, I didn't think we could hit a million this year in, in profit, but we might. And we started kind of late. So next year will probably be a goal of two and and uh, many more doors holding because we're going to hold doors because I don't want to work much longer. So Nice. Well, hey, if it helps you at all, I had a market of about 350,000 people and we got to about three and a half million a year um, in there. So yeah. So we're total we're full of size, 300,000. So, yeah. And, and you can own the market like we did when we kind of came out of the gate. So 
Um, constantly be innovating. There's going to be people that see what you're doing and try to catch up to you, but you just keep running faster. Um, yeah. Hey, what's one thing that we do? You've been inside some other coaching programs you mentioned and stuff like that. What's one thing that stands out for that we do at Seven Figure Flipping that you haven't seen or that you really love? The accountability. So we're going to start, what, in about a week? I get joined my accountability group, and I think that's going to be a game changer for us between because Joey will go into one and I'll go into one between now and Flip Hacking Live. And I, I've never had that before. So a year and a half ago, I was never coached in my 20 years of being in real estate. So taking the step to get coached as a team and become a retail team leader was awesome. But now this is my passion. This is what I love, investing and long-term real estate and putting together, you know, you know, GP deals and PPMs and stuff like that. I cannot wait to get into that. Um, we just got to get, you know, 10, 10 of these clothes and then it's going to be gangbusters. So I love it. So yeah, the accountability groups are definitely something that stand out that we do, I think, better than just about anybody out there. And by no means am I putting down other programs by saying that. I just know that we're really, really good at what we do. And that's one thing that I think we all need is better accountability. So uh, you mentioned Flip Hacking Live. Are you guys coming? And what are you excited about there? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get on the old rise. We're going to go on the on the uh, the whatever ship we're going on. So we're planning on coming in early on uh, that Tuesday. And yeah, never been to a, obviously this is a bigger event. I did enjoy the small group event that we had um, in South Carolina that just got you to meet on a more smaller scale people. So I really enjoyed that. But now we're going to see the big, the big show. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm coming to San Diego for sure. Cool. Um, so you mentioned that small event. So it's funny, the the first ever Flip Hacking Live that we did like eight years ago, maybe nine now, um, it was less people than what was in that room in Myrtle Beach. So our first yeah. event was like, we probably had 100 people there maybe. A small room. It was smaller than the room that we were in for our mastermind event. And yeah. so it's crazy looking back to think about how far it's come. But we probably have over a thousand investors there. If you're listening to this and you don't have a ticket yet, go to fliphackinglive.com right now. We'll put the we'll put the link in the show notes and 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 come come spend some time with us. Come to San Diego. It's an amazing event. It's three days: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, October 12th, 13th, and 14th. Um, the ticket prices go up over time, so don't wait to grab your ticket. Get one right now, and you can get saved if you get two. We're gonna have some VIP and some other stuff come out soon. We're gonna start announcing speakers and and a lot of the things that we're gonna be doing at the event. So it's now's the time, it's a little over two months away. Uh, go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your ticket, and you're gonna to wanna to be there. It is hands down the best real estate event in the in the country. Uh, I would argue in the world, I absolutely love it. I spent seven months putting it together. We're in full force uh, planning, getting finalizing keynotes and stuff like that. I'm really excited about it. And I have something totally different this year that I'm planning for that event. I think I've figured out like the key to success in the real estate investment space. and. I'm gonna be doing some presentations and some training on that this year. I've really studied over the last four years who's been successful and who hasn't inside of our programs and why. And I'm gonna really be spending a lot of time at Flip Hacking Live talking about that and showing you how you can be successful. Um, there's, it's, I, I think that I found the science, like the secrets of success, I think I found them. So uh, I'm really excited about presenting that to you guys and showing you how you can be successful and actually training you to do that over those three days. So uh, really exciting. I. A totally different theme for this event that I've done in the last four years, and I'm pumped for it. So I'm going to use a little bit of my military background, um, 
San Diego itself is an awesome environment for it. You can't get better in October. Um, so come hang out with us. And it's downtown San Diego. It's like right at the end of the gas lamp district. It's this place that we had it in 2019 when I first bought the company. So I can't wait. Uh, we're going back to California and it's going to be a lot of fun. Go to fliphackinglime.com, grab your ticket. Um, Dave, how can people find out more about you? Maybe they they uh, want to invest as a private money lender. Like, what are you looking for? Uh, maybe it's they want to sell their house. They live in South Dakota with the other four people in the that listen to this. And uh, how can they get in touch with you or reach out to you? What's the best way? Uh, yeah, easiest, go to DaveMetler.com. That's my website. So obviously you can find me. I've got a Homes for Heroes Sioux Falls Facebook page, a Dave Metler Facebook page. Yeah, you can find me. So you just cool. search Dave, Met Dave Metler, you'll find me. If you send some of that stuff over to us, we'll put it in the show notes and link it there for them. Um, okay. And I'll, uh, man, it's exciting. I, I actually want to talk more about coaching, but we don't have time. So if you're listening to this, I'll maybe we'll bring Dave on in the future. Not coached a year and a half ago, really grown and scaled his retail side a ton with coaching. Um, I truly believe in it. I have a coach for just about everything. In fact, right before I got on here, I was talking about another guy coaching me through some webinars that I need to do, some other trainings and, and getting a cost for that. And just looking at everything I do is how can I invest in myself to get better? So um, I think it's the most important thing that you do. The best way that you can invest in yourself right now is take a few days, come spend time with us in San Diego and see if we're the right group of people for you. We fit your values, your culture, all that stuff. Bring your kids, bring your family, bring your spouse and come spend some time in San Diego with us. And let you can leave there after three days. You'll have everything that you need to grow a real estate business on your own. Or you can decide to come join us in one of the masterminds that we run, the coaching programs, things like that if you want to. So it's a no pressure sale. It's just an opportunity that we have there um, for you to come join us for the next year or more. So I'm excited about it. Can't wait to see you guys. Go to flippackandlive.com. And Dave, thanks for coming on the show with me. I'll see you guys on the next show. Bye.